Welcome to What's the Hook with Diane and Andy. Hey, happy Groundhog Day, Andy. Oh, yeah. All of the groundhogs um, evidently predicted an early spring. Yes. I don't know that we care that much about that in Los Angeles, but, you know, we're about to have a ra- another it. rainy, kind of a rainy weekend. Yeah. But the sun today, the sun is out. We're seeing some beautiful puffy clouds. and Yeah, today's beautiful. The view from Andy's place is just honestly spectacular. It's pretty You can see the Hollywood sign. It's just, it's wonderful. Andy's living the dream. I don't know about me, but Andy's living the dream. (laughs) I don't don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, we have lots to talk about, as we usually do, you know, because as we have been uh, reading stuff and watching stuff... Um, I think in the TV news, believe it or not, um, for me, one of the big grabbers was that NBC Universal is going to do Suits LA from Aaron Korsh, who created the original Suits series, which blew up on Netflix and became like its top rated, you know, top viewed show. So there is no casting information yet about the new show. But the logline is that Ted Black, a former federal prosecutor from New York, has reinvented himself representing the most powerful clients in Los Angeles. His firm is at a crisis point, and in order to survive, he must embrace a role he held in contempt his entire career. Ted is surrounded by a stellar group of characters who test their loyalties to to both Ted and each other while they can't help but mix their personal and professional lives. All of this is going on while events from years ago slowly unravel. That led Ted to leave behind everything and everyone he loved. So I'm very curious about who they want to cast. I'm I'm dying to know who they're going after. And I'm really wondering if they've or if Aaron Korsh is already talking to former Suits cast members about coming back because, you know, Suits fans would love to see Gabriel Mott and Patrick J. Adams. And well, of course, what's Meghan Markle up to? Not much. (laughs) So she's got time on her hands. You know, Gina Torres was on Suits and was absolutely fabulous. And one of the best, one of the best, Rick Hoffman, who played Lewis Litt, getting lit up. I I would love to see Lewis Litt come back in a capacity because, my God, he was brilliant. He's he's just terrific on any show he's on. Um, Rick Hoffman was also on Billions, and he was hilarious. He did not play a lawyer. He played a, a kind of a shady doctor who got questionable drugs for people, which was really perfect for him. He's just a terrific actor. So I'm really curious, and I think they're putting that on a fast track, allegedly, uh, allegedly, allegedly. Shooting is supposed to begin, I think, in Vancouver in March. So that's moving ahead quickly. Um, Andy, you mentioned to me something about Nick Pizzolatto, who created True Detective, <laughs> yeah. com- ma- making a comment about the new season. Can you I mean, I bring think, everyone I think up he's to speed? Known for making a lot of comments, just in general. Oh, I think God. he's that type Men of guy. Men in their comments. But he, um, according to a really interesting Vulture piece, he um, kind of dissed the new season of True Detective uh, in an, in an <laughs> Instagram comment. And said uh, not to blame him for it. And he thought that the way it's trying to sort of connect some of the elements from the first season to this new season are stupid, I think is the word he used. And oh. um, 
And Issa Lopez, who is the, the, know, the writer and creator of the new season, exactly, came out with a very classy response and said he's entitled to his opinion, and every <laughs> creator has a very, you know, powerful attachment to their work, and it's his prerogative. And it was a it was a really classy response uh, to that. And again, I mean, this is a show that I just love. Oh my gosh! This, and this, Andy's this. very into it. I am watching it week to week, and I am enjoying it. Um, I had I had a a fellow journal jur- journalist say to me, wait, you didn't watch it all on screeners. I said, I can't sit and watch this show for six hours in a row. You want to know something? You, did you? I've watched up to half of the, of the finale and I have not gone back and watched the finale yet. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I kind of now, cause I, I like, I want to see the end, but I also like, now I'm kind of like, Oh wait, I want to go back and just rewatch and wow. like savor it a little I'd bit before more, I get yeah. there. So that's what, that's why I haven't. I'm definitely back in that mode where I want to sort of digest it week to week. I'm enjoying it as a week to week view, yeah. which I know, I know my age shows, <laughs> whatever you want, but I like it also. I think about it and then I come here and I chew over things with you. You know, yeah, yeah, and I, I kind of like it that way. But look, when you grow up doing something, look, old habits die hard. That's what I'm trying to say is old habits die hard. And yes, cheers to Issa Lopez, who is very classy and smart and um, extremely well spoken. I watched a like a video press junket that she did with Jodie Foster and um, and um, Kaylee. I've got to know Kaylee Reese. Thank you, and Kaylee Reese and. All three of them were just fantastic. Um, anyway, I am loving this season, too. So I'm right with you, buddy. Right yeah. with you. Yeah. Um, as for Nick Pizzolatto, what has he been up to? <laughs> Hi, buddy. What do, what do you have in development? <laughs> oh, did somebody let a cat in here, Andy? Oh, gosh. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> the other thing that both Andy and I read... Joe Adalian over at Vulture wrote a great, uh, if you don't subscribe to his buffering newsletter, make sure you do. He wrote a great post, um, just kind of looking at what's going on at Max, which has changed in a lot of ways. And if you use the Max streaming service, you know that because you're seeing a lot more of their unscripted shows come up in your algorithm than you are seeing HBO shows. It's like true detective next to my 600 pound life. Dr. Pimple Popper. Yeah. 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 It's like the the high and the low all thrown together. All this to say, and Joe's point was basically, don't worry. (laughs) HBO is still making shows and kind of about the same amount they were making before. That was the really interesting thing to me is, is that he said it's, they had, they had upped the content production quite a bit. And it's really just gone back to sort of the levels that it was at a couple of years ago or a few years ago, I guess. They spiked it at first because they wanted Max to have its own brand. Well, and everybody was putting out tons of content to try to compete with Netflix. And everybody's been cutting back. Yeah. You know why? Because the money pipe is not endless. Sooner or later, the money spigot turns off. And the investors decided they did not like it. Well, this is why we're seeing, you know, some recent cancellations like of Julia and our flag means death. And both Andy and I are resolved, though. If they mess with hacks, yeah, there will be blood. Yeah. There will be blood in these streets. We, we are coming. We'll, we'll come for you. If you mess with hacks. So we're going on record right now. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But other than that, 
you know, the output of like HBO and, and the other thing that Joe pointed out is like, not everyone's a fan of White Lotus. Like a lot of us are gaga about yeah, it. Yeah. But there are people that are not. Yeah. Well, and it's like I was never a Game of Thrones person. And there's I watched it, but some, honestly, I could never track everything. And then, I was and then, not. Yeah, right now, like, I feel like now we expect them to have like six awesome shows going at any given time. Yes. And that's not how it was. It's like they had Sunday nights, that's what they own. Right. And maybe then, like, I think they also had Monday One or two nights. On Monday at, some, night. at some like th- at some points throughout the year, but not all the time. That's right. And so it's kind of going back to where there's a you know a few really good quality shows a year. That's right. And I mean, we should just be grateful for that, I suppose. It's like saying, let's be grateful for what we have, <laughs> not mad about what we don't have. But yeah. it's hard because yeah. now we're spoiled. We are. We're spoiled from the glut of programming. We are. So. Anyway, talk about being spoiled. If you're a TV fan, I want to make sure you're aware of the 41st annual Paley Fest LA, which is taking place April 12th to the 20th at the Dolby Theater, which is also where they do, you know, things like the Oscars. And among the many events between April 12th and 20th, um, not in this order, but just so you know, they're doing one of the events is the 25th anniversary of Seth MacFarlane's Family Guy. There will be a night devoted to the morning show. Loki, and I believe that, yes, Tom Hiddleston will show up. Avatar, The Last Airbender, the very popular Netflix show. Young Sheldon, which is about, I think, to embark on its last season. Late Night with Seth Meyers, a personal favorite of yours truly. Curb Your Enthusiasm. And The Late Show with Stephen Colbert. So, pretty good lineup. Pretty solid lineup. And that's Paley Fest, named for William Paley. Who shows up as a character in a show we're going to talk about in a little bit? Feud the uh, Capote versus, versus the Swans. Andy is now <laughs> the king of the segways. Andy, that yes. was the most beautiful. Yes. Se- oh, golf clap! I learned from the best, Diane. I learned from the best. <laughs> oh, Steph! I'm blushing. Oh, I love it. And yes, Andy's right. William S. Paley, who was the head of CBS. And was a captain of the broadcast industry, one of the one of the most important men in the broadcasting industry and in America at one time. And yes, uh, the Paley Center for Media is named for William S. Paley, and he was apparently a very busy man in many other respects as well. Yes. which is what we find out about in his bedroom when we watch Feud, um, which premiered with two episodes earlier this week, and Andy. This is one of my favorite things of the year. Oh, awesome. Okay. I mean, I yeah. loved it. Like when people say to me, Diane, what have you watched lately in love? I say the brother's son. And then I say, and I got to tell you, I think feud is, it's so my jam. Yeah. It's just so my jam because it was a time when I wish I had lived because I would be the hostess with the mostest. Oh, yes. I could throw a dinner party like no one's ever seen. I could put together a collection of people I could fit in the clothes. I mean, please, in the 50s. <laughs> and that that was like my sweet spot. I look at Diane Lane as Slim Keith, and I just think, oh, that's that's what I really wanted to be when yeah. I grew up, you know? And I mean, these ladies are so elegant. Incredibly so. Poised. Chloe Sevigny as CZ Guest yeah. is perfection. Yeah. As is Diane Lane, I think. But I mean, Naomi Watts just really takes the cake as Babe Babe Paley Paley is is so good. She's just 
she is, I would say she's an ice queen, but she's not quite that. She's just so delicate. No, she's got a bit and of... feminine, yeah. but a coolness to she's, her. She's got some tenderness. Yes. And let's not forget the wonderful Tom Hollander, who's yeah. playing Truman Capote. Right. And just the writing is so elegant. John Robin Bates, who's a wonderful playwright and also wrote Brothers and Sisters, which was a very popular ABC melodrama that Callista Flockhart was on. And Callista Flockhart will show up on Feud as yeah. Lee, playing, uh, playing Lee Radswell. I haven't seen her in a long time. I know, because she hasn't like deigned to like do some TV in a right. while. It's so nice to see it's her. It's awesome to see her. And let me tell you, she plays the shit out of this yeah. role. With a with like a fervor, it's it's really she's I think she's incredible. Yeah. Um, Should we summarize a little bit? This is all about uh, this is Truman Capote, a famous writer, one of the most yes. famous American mostly writers. known for writing in cold blood. Right. True but, crime. A true crime. <laughs> yes. Started the OG, started true crime. For the OG us. true crime, and Truman Capote, but also mingled in high society in New York and became very, very popular because basically the man could tell a story and he loved to gossip. And what do rich people love more than money? They love gossip and they love talking shit about each other. Yeah. Then again, don't we all like that, Andy? We do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're only human. So what's great about this is we get to see it does. Okay. It feud does jump up and back in time a little bit. But it's not confusing. They're very careful about the way they do it. So we see how Truman kind of becomes friends, and it's all through Babe Paley, because she is kind of the head swan, as it were. And he goes on a trip, and he meets meets Bill, and he meets Babe through some other friends of his. And when... When his friend, when Bill Paley's friend says, I'll bring Truman, he thinks, Bill thinks he means Harry Truman. (laughs) And then Truman Capote shows up. Can you imagine that kind of mix up? Um, But I I have to say, I'm in love with everything about this series. I'm in love with the visual style. I'm in love with the wardrobe design. I'm in love with just the way the women looked. I think the, I think all of the performances are absolutely top notch. Um, Treat Williams plays Bill Paley, which is very bittersweet because he's no longer with us. And I guess he never got to see the finished episodes, which is very sad. And they all loved him. And during the press junkets, they all said, you know, they adored him. and And they're sad that he's not here to see how wonderful it is. But what I also like is that we get to see this sort of venal and bitchy side, which we all have. And it's very honest in that way. And I'm telling you, the first two episodes really start with a bang because you sort of, the first one introduces you to the world and then the second one shows you the seeds of the feud. Yeah. I was surprised how quickly the feud escalated. It, it like, I think at the very end of the first episode, he, the, the first article comes out that he writes for Esquire where he thinly veils... But he was friends with them for a long time before he wrote that article. Well, I'm just saying in the show, it's it's all, like at the end of that first episode, the article comes out... Yes. ...where he shares stories that they've told him 
using suited, thinly veiled, thinly veiled like fake and names, pseudonyms, right? But, but pretty identifiable, yes. apparently. Yes. Because it did not make these ladies happy. They were not. They were livid. They were yeah. They were livid. And one may have uh, committed suicide. May have. No spo- Well, we won't. We won't say who. But oh, oh, another actress who we haven't seen on screen in a long time and is. Yeah. Timeless and elegant. I didn't recognize her at gorgeous. all. Right? Yeah, she's good. Well, what we're saying is, anyway, new episodes of Feud air on FX on Wednesday nights and are then available the next day to stream on Hulu. The first two episodes are now available to stream on Hulu. Highly recommend. I burn through all the screeners and I'm still rewatching these as they air because it's just too juicy and too wonderful and too beautiful and i'm catching things they didn't catch the first time around which i love but it is gorgeous from stem to stern it's absolutely gorgeous and i'm in love with the writing i i wish i could find something bad but i can't and also i i just love that they've also it's very interesting how writers think of themselves because what do they always say write what you know and Truman points out to the women, what did you think I was going to do? I'm a writer. I observe. <laughs> yeah. And by the way, one of the swans gets, get, gets away unscathed because she knew this would happen. Oh. Because she understood his game. So she was never giving him anything. Exactly. Oh, interesting. She okay. was careful not to. She was careful not to reveal. Yeah. But anyway. Ooh, I'm not there yet. But okay, you'll yeah, you will get there. Um, another sh- another series that I think both Andy and I are are just loving is Expats on Prime Video. Yeah. The first three episodes are now streaming. This is Lulu Wang's series, and it's from Nicole Kidman's production company. Nicole Kidman is in it, but let me tell you, don't overlook the rest of the cast. Soraya Blue is absolutely wonderful, and um, Jack Houston, who is one of my favorite character actors. Um, Brian T and it revolves around a tragedy that happens to Nicole Kidman and her husband and one of their children. And uh, this again leans into Nicole Kidman's seeming penchant for playing emotionally damaged women. Like she didn't big little lies (laughs) and she's done it. What? Nine perfect strangers. Um, she is very good at it. So, you know, good for her. Um, Soraya Blue is also really wonderful in it, and she's dealing with issues in her marriage to Jack Houston's character, David. Um, it's a beautifully produced series set in Hong Kong. and I love the setting. Right? It's so cool to see things set not in kind of the usual suspects, New York, Vancouver, L.A., it's a stunning backdrop and it, it's so everything looks so luxurious. Like I think it's and it's also nice to just see an international cast. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're I'm not really used to that. I got I got to watch more international series. And, you know, Netflix is rife with those. And I've had friends, you know, recommend some K-dramas to me. Mm-hmm. And I think I got to check some of those out because I think I'm not watching a good enough variety. So I, I think I want to try to do that because I'm really enjoying this. And yes, I am enjoying. And Hong Kong is such a stunning city. Yes. yes. I've not been there, but yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. That is definitely a city I would, I would love to visit, like Singapore as well. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you're not watching Expats, do check it out. 
It's also a more leisurely paced show. It is not as frenetic as most TV. I like, that's one of the things I really, really like about it because your brain sort of adjusts and slows a little bit. Yeah. And it's nice, but, and I don't mean that the hours feel long. They don't. They, it's just, in fact, I'm, I'm always kind of sad when the hours end. I was like, yeah, I could stay with these people longer. It's a really mature show. Yeah. Like it, it feels like it, a grown up it show. was written by and for grownups. Yes. It's not. Well said. Scandalous or, or, you know, um, glib or anything like that. It's a really interesting kind of, um, it's, deep dive into a, a family that's suffering. And it's also very much about women's roles, you know, and because the issues of motherhood are examined. And is motherhood for everyone? Is it something that every woman should do? Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, that's something I've thought about a lot in my life yeah. as a perpetually single person. So very well done. Anyway, that's Expats on Prime Video. Um, let's see. Oh, Andy, you brought up a really interesting point. I'm jumping services now to Apple TV+. Plus. You brought up a really interesting point about Masters of the Air. Oh, yeah. Tell me what you think. I've only watched, like, I think part of the first episode. I so finished the first episode. This, yeah, Apple TV. This, this is the is one with Austin Butler people. Austin Butler. Um, Barry Keegan. Barry Keegan, who, you know, you may have just seen in Saltburn. And well, it's you the, saw all is of it the Saltburn. Is it the 349th? saw all of it. The 349th Battalion or something. It's, it's like right. a, it's a World War II Air Battalion show. And it's um, highly produced, like gorgeously made. There's a lot of just uh, like incredible, um, incredible, like must be CGI. A lot of it, like um, scenes of these fights, the air battles, place yeah, in the air. The yeah. Air fights, yeah. So this is not a show that would like naturally appeal to me. I'm not a big war, you know. It's from Tom Hanks' production company, per- from Playtime, yeah, yeah, yeah. and he loves, you know, he loves they a did. good war drama. He yeah. does, yeah. Which and I and I know that I know that people love that thing. Ch- typically, I don't, but I was really really actually riveted by this show um but as we were talking about i was like i'm really glad that this is not a binge show this is airing week to week because i could not spend more than an hour at a time watching this because it's just it's too intense like it's very serious and it's very intense like in watching, the first episode watching like the a dog lot of fights people, made me jittery yeah and a lot of people die like they show the the cost of war and how truly you know harrowing it was to be one of these pilots um so i was really impacted by it but i also was like okay good i I have a week to kind of recover recover before i have to watch more (laughs) yeah i will have to watch more of it since it it was just a little hard to keep watching the dogfight and the like constant gunfire and stuff like I'm definitely much more upset by violence than I am by anything else. And it doesn't hold back. It doesn't. No. But, and by the way, I kind of think I like when wartime dramas show you the cost of war. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people out there who don't understand it. We're watching, we're watching the effects of a lot of people who don't know about history right now in the whole thing with Israel and Gaza and Israel and and the Palestinians. We are watching the cost of people who don't know anything about history. So to me, it's a good thing when people see the cost of war. Yeah. 
because it'll, it will affect the way you think about what's going on, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's true. So I'm, I'm all for that. Um, on the lighter side, there's also a really popular documentary on Netflix right now called The Greatest Night in Pop, which is about the making of We Are the World. Um, I have not watched this yet, but I heard from a friend I trust implicitly, mainly Joe Adalian, that it is gossipy and really, really good, and Lionel Richie spills a lot of tea. Yeah, I, I also heard from a friend who I really trust named Victoria, <laughs> who is a total rocker from the 60s, like Sunset Strip rocker from the 60s oh, and I 70s. Love it. And she was saying how great this was. So that yeah. is on my weekend watch. Yeah. When it's raining and I can't sit outside and read. Oh, yeah. So, which is what it's supposed to do this weekend here in LA. Um, Andy, turning to some kinder, gentler TV. I've started watching The Way Home on Hallmark because I've have I have friends who are total Hallmark stands <laughs> and they've been talking about it. Um The Way Home it's already into season 2 just began, but season 1 and season 2 episodes are now on Peacock. So I am, you know, watching I'm I'm in the middle I'm I just started season 1. So Andy McDowell's in the show, and it's got kind of a wacky concept, but I'm okay with that. So I'm going to see if I get into it as much as some of my Hallmark Stan friends are getting into it. Um, and of course, over on Peacock, if you're not watching The Traders, this season <laughs> of The Traders is literally one of the best reality seasons I've seen in such a long time. Um, this week's episode that dropped last night was, I hate to say it, it was killer. It was so, so good. And the gameplay and the strategy is just t this batch of players between the survivor people, the big brother people and the real housewives. It's just a feast. It is it is like reality TV nirvana. I love it. I love I love how much you love it. I'm I'm just I'm over the moon. And you're I, certainly not the only one. I've heard this like people are loving. I literally look forward to Thursdays. They drop them at six o'clock Pacific time. And I like look forward to Thursdays just because I know, oh, Trader Day. And also now, now that Feud is airing on Wednesday nights, I feel like the Traders is the perfect follow up. Oh, yeah. Just thematically. Yeah. So, um, Andy, can you talk about The Tourist? Yeah. So The Tourist is a show that I think was on Max. And I think it dropped it. during the pandemic. And I, I was definitely... A, it's a show. Jamie Dornan show. He um, plays a guy that wakes up in the Australian outback and isn't sure who he is or how he got there and meets a, a, a woman who's trying to help him. Her name is, I think, Helen Christensen. She's a, um, an Australian actress who's really, really great. Um, but they... so or No, sorry. <laughs> I don't know where I came up with that. Her name is... <laughs> Oh, her name in the show is Helen. That was correct. Oh, okay. His name is Danielle McDonald. <laughs> and she's trying to help him kind of piece together what his happened. life and what happened. And it's very mysterious. And, and it gets into kind of like, uh, well, some kind of action-y type situations. But it's I really remember loving it. Um, but then it's been a long time since I saw it. So I think what's happened is Netflix has picked it up. Netflix uh. just dropped season one yesterday so that's now available and then there's a season two coming out at the end of february so february 29th season two will come out and you're probably going to see a lot of that because max has been licensing out a lot of their older content to other services and this is how you know 
because they've still got so much massive debt to pay off. This is how they're making money. So there, there will probably be other shows you see getting licensed to other services. That totally makes sense. Yeah. So, and can we just say Jamie Dornan? Oh gosh, eternally like, hot. That's my crush of the week. <laughs> we all need one. Year. We yeah. all need one. That is, he is a feast for the eyes. And I, I have to say, you know, the late Treat Williams. That man was a feast oh, for the eyes as well. Yeah. But boy, oh boy, I because you're this. I watched Everwood <laughs> like for years, but man, you know when Treat Williams passed. Also, a lot of people mentioned, you know, when he did hair when he was young and like super hot and sexy, you know, and he was like a shaggy haired guy riding I'm, I'm riding to, around. I'm gonna have to Google that riding around with the you know the shirt open with the chest hair, and he was a sexy, sexy devil. So. Mm, props to you, Treat Williams. Um, some other things on the radar. Um, Disney Plus has a new show called Choir, which is sort of a feel-good docuseries about um, a beloved Detroit youth choir. And it is executive produced by Jason Blum of Blumhouse, Brian Grazer, and Ron Howard of Imagine. And it's six episodes, and you watch the group as they are prepping for a Carnegie Hall performance, which, you know, how do you get to Carnegie Hall? Practice. <laughs> uh, the other thing on my radar, I want to watch Shortcomings, which is a movie on Netflix that Randall Park directed. Um, Ali Mackey's in it, Justin Kim, Sherry Cola, Miko, and Tavi Gevinson. And I'm just, I think it's an interesting cast. Oh, Andy, we forgot. We also watched Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, I did not forget. <laughs> I, I knew we were going to get there. <laughs> well, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith premiered today on Prime Video. I believe it's... Is it the first two episodes that are available today? Actually, I'm not sure. I think it is. I think that's usually how they do it, though, right? And this is the new iteration of Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Um, it's not necessarily... I mean, yeah, it's the same concept as the movie that starred Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie. Kind of. I don't think I ever saw the movie, but my understanding is in the movie they were already married, and then they worked together I don't remember. I don't know. I think they Honestly, were both already spies or something. That could be. This one is, well, I, okay, so this this touches on one of my kind of issues with the show is that I don't, it's 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 purposely not explained who they are yes. or what they're doing. Correct. It's they are slowly part unfolds. of some spy agency or organization and they've been put together to pretend that they're married. This is, um, these, these two people are played by... Um, of Donald course, Glover Donald Glover and, and Maya, Maya Erskine. Erskine. And originally, this was supposed to be. Um, it was. It was initially Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Donald Glover, and then Phoebe Waller-Bridge exited the show, and it was kind of a big deal because they're both considered like such wonderkins in the industry, and she was so hot off of Fleabag. So when she exited, I remember it getting a lot of attention, and then Maya Erskine came in. Um, anyway, I I am very mixed on this show. What did you think of it? I watched the pilot, and I thought the pilot was uneven. Um, I was glad to see that Hiro Murai is also working on the show. He worked with Donald on uh, Atlanta, and Donald's brother, Stephen Glover, is also working on the show as an EP and as a writer. Um, this show is being like executive produced and showrun by Donald and Francesca Sloan, and they wrote the pilot. The pilot was definitely uneven, and it didn't make me love it. I like the second episode more when you see them actually handle another mission. 
I think they're pretty good together. Yeah, um, yeah, there were times when I thought they were really good together. And then there were other times when I didn't understand, like, why does he keep walking into her room at night to say goodnight? And he's, like, hovering over her bed. And I'm like, you two just met today, right? Like, why is he doing this? And I know they're supposed to pretend they're married. but Andy has questions. I just had questions. Okay, I, I that's think, fair. I think a lot of whether you like the show or not will come down to whether you like the chemistry the between the two actors. Yes, of course. And if, you, and if you think that there's some real great tension and will they, won't they, which, I mean, you know, they will because it's pretty obvious at the very yeah, beginning exactly. that they will. Yeah. Um, then I think you'll be into it. I was not quite into You're not it. quite sold. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't necessarily sold by the first episode. Like I said, I think the second episode was stronger. I'm definitely going to watch more. Those have some great guest stars. So I want to make I've sure I mention that. There's some really there's some great guest people. stars, including Ron Perlman, John Turturro, Paul Dano, and Sarah Paulson. And Parker Posey. Oh, I've heard. always good when Parker Posey yeah. shows up. So... Anyway, that's Mr. and Mrs. Smith now streaming on Prime Video. I believe the first two episodes are now available to watch. This weekend, Sunday night, Curb Your Enthusiasm starts its final season on HBO. And I guess Larry David made more news this week for choking Elmo on the Today Show than anything else. Or oh pretending, pretending to assault Elmo. <laughs> pretending. Wait, did you see the internet thing this week where Elmo posted... How's everybody oh, doing? Just checking in yeah. on Twitter. And everyone had a meltdown. And everyone like expressed how they were doing and said how hard of a time not they're good, having. Not good, Elmo. Not good. Not good. Thing, p- things are not good, Elmo. The best thing was when people reminded, like, hey, let's all remember that Elmo's a three-year-old. Oh, no. The character's a three-year-old. Oh, no. You're 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 trauma dumping on a three-year-old. <laughs> and I thought that was very very funny. That made me laugh. <laughs> And true to form, the beautiful people at the Sesame Street Workshop started tweeting out mental health links. <laughs> you know, for like, if you're if like if you're stressed, if you need help, like they were tweeting out resources. If you need substance abuse. Here's, and it was here's on the it number. was on their Instagram. It was everywhere, and I was like, God bless these people. <laughs> this is why, like, we all still love Sesame Street. They've got to create. They're gonna have to create like the Elmo helpline. Anyways, I'm sorry, but back no, to no, career no, no, no. enthusiasm back because. <laughs> I don't know. I have. I didn't have access to screeners. I think a lot of critics did, but I don't know who the guest stars are. But oh my gosh, I have to imagine they'll bring everybody and their brother back oh, yeah, for the that, final yeah, season. Because yeah. Larry David is saying this is it. This is the final season. And even though he said that before, evidently it seems to be like this is the final this season. Week he said, "I'm not a liar and I'm not lying." Okay, okay. I don't think he's lying. Yeah. No. Also this Sunday, for the music fans out there, the Grammy Awards are happening. That's on CBS Sunday night. So there's a lot of Grammy hullabaloo happening in L.A. um, Because, you know, the music crowd loves to get crazy. Although I guess the Rock Nation brunch isn't going to happen. Jay-Z and Beyonce are not throwing that the brunch they usually throw. So I was like, ooh. Um, Things to look forward to next week. Andy. Abbott Elementary Yay. is starting its new season with a supersized one-hour premiere on February 7th, which I'm very happy about because um, I am I just, oh boy, they put out a trailer where Ava now has surveillance everywhere in the school. Yes. And hilarity I, ensues. I cannot wait. A- Ava. <laughs> Love you, Ava. I miss you. And she, <laughs> and she calls <laughs> Tyler, what is she calls, she calls, um... 
Tyler James Williams character, Jeremy Allen Black. <laughs> and I'm like, how old laughing when I heard that. Anyway. Oh my God. And then for the like sci-fi slash adventure fans, season two of Halo premieres with two episodes exclusively on Paramount Plus, and that is February 8th over on the service. Um, I also watched over on Paramount Plus, I watched um, Sexy Beast, which is a show based on movie of the same name. And Stephen Moyer stars in it. Oh, love him. And it's great to see him. The show lost my interest. Oh. <laughs> I think about halfway through the, the first episode, my, my mind went elsewhere. You can blame it on me, you know, so I'm sorry to the, the nice people at Paramount Plus. It just did not grab me. But um, anyway, lots of good stuff coming up. I'm really looking forward to Curb Your Enthusiasm. Um, and my goodness, like I said, if you haven't watched Feud... Feud and yeah. expats. I think those might be the, the two big takeaways this week. Yeah, I agree. Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I guess we're done being bitchy for the week. <laughs> but don't worry. We'll be back next week. And we'll be, we'll with, be fully loaded. Yeah. With, yeah. A, with a whole new crop of, <laughs> we, I was saying to Andy, the, the new spinoff is just, we've got gripes. <laughs> In the meantime. Stay safe out there. Let us know what you're watching. Find us on the socials. I'm at the Surf Report. Andy's at Seriously Andy. Leave us a cut. Just slide into our DMs. Tell us what you're watching. Tell us what you want us to talk about. Or what are we missing? We'd love to hear from you. Anyway, take it easy, and we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>